This is Hitting the Mark. I'm the Mark, Jeffrey Mark, and I'm here with my great friends Ray Carr and Cindy Verbalin. What do you think was the premier episode of Bewitched? If you had to pick one episode that would, would highlight the show's greatness, which one would that be for you? Oh, gosh, that's a good, good question. I have episodes that are my favorites, usually the Aunt Clara episodes, because they're so warm. <clears throat> There's a wonderful Aunt Clara episode where she's babysitting. And they were going to use this as a thing, and they dropped the concept where she was babysitting for mortal kids because she could do little pieces of magic. And the mothers, the kids told their mothers, this woman's a witch. And they took her to a judge. And the monologue they gave her to say, and the wonderful acting experience that the, the actor brought to the part, where Miss Lorne, oh, but children love bright colors and loud music. And I want to bring them the joy. Of, and, and, and the judge says, would you sit for my kids, please? That's a favorite for me. I think the second episode where they find the house and you're, you're introduced to the Kravitzes and, and this kind of setup is exceptional. Um, the Benjamin Franklin two-parter is exceptional. Everybody has their favorites. When Tabitha was born is an exceptional show with Eve Arden. Um, they're, 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 they're just very good, very well produced, very well written, very well acted episodes. I have much less favorites once Dick Sargent is on there. And I don't think I have any real favorites from uh, the fifth season. Now I remember when he started the show, they didn't say anything. It was like, you know, one day he went to work as Dick York, the next day he came home as Dick Sargent and nothing was ever said. And I don't even think a lot of people realized since both names, the first names were Dick, that it was really somebody different. It was you know? a conscious decision on Bill's part that, yeah. I mean, it didn't quite happen that way. The, the two are never in the same episode. Uh, no, but I mean, the, like end of the, that, the end of the fifth episode. season, Dick York is there. At the beginning of the sixth, Dick Sargent is there. Right. Bill said they did that because they and the networks felt if they, and these ideas were bandied about, kill off Darren and remarry Samantha to somebody else. Ha but the problem was Liz was pregnant. To have her be pregnant and unmarried, that's not gonna work. Or marry, she could have married a black man at the time, would have been nice. That would those have been, things? Yeah, that, that would have been really forward, wouldn't it? There was only one guest who's coming to dinner. No. <laughs> they, actually, they actually did do an episode <clears> where <throat> Tabitha uh, wants to be twin sisters with her friend from school. And the little girl is African-American. Oh, and I don't the concept, that. the concept was written by a, a Los Angeles inner city class who wrote, they claimed they wrote this script. They didn't write the script. They, they wrote an outline for it and some of the dialogue. And of course, professional writers polished it and made it work because they don't know how to write a television script, but they, they did try once with, with the inter interracial thing. A later episode, one of the last one of the last seasons, and it got a lot of publicity, a lot of write-ups, and good ratings that week. 
But no, huh. they, could, they couldn't have had Darren be black in those days. They did talk about Andorra casting a spell on Darren to change his looks. Ooh. Oh, oh, <laughs> that would be dangerous. That they would have taken uh, footage of Dick York asleep on the couch because they have several of those and then just have Andorra do one of her spells and change him or have Esmeralda change him or, and then have Elizabeth go, you know what? You're awfully cute like this. Why don't you stay this way? They thought of doing it that way. And then Bill said the network was afraid that if they brought too much attention to it, that people would tune out. They started asking questions. So what did happen to Dick York? Why are you doing this? He said, we thought the best thing to do was just to say nothing. There was precedence with this because this is not the first show this happened to. The season before that uh, with B. Benadaret on Pettigo Junction. Right. They write mm-hmm. her out saying she's out of town. They bring her back a little bit. They write her out. Then they have their baby. And Kate Bradley is never heard from again. So that was already like, this is how you handle it. Cause that was the precedent. You don't mention anything. You, you take the audience's attention away from it and no one's going to know the difference was what they thought would happen. And for a large part, that is what happened. Even Adirit was also the voice of Betty Rubble for a while. Yes, she was for for most of the series. Uh, For the six years. And she was on the, the Beverly Hillbillies as Cousin Pearl. And she was on the Burns and Allen show as her friend Blanche Morton. And she was the original voice of all the mothers and women in the Warner Brothers cartoons before June Foray was brought in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. Yeah. She's got nothing to do with Bewitched, but it's a nice thing to talk about. Right. I love we, we she was forever. really? Because June Foray and, and, and Alison Arnbrum's mother, Norma, I forget her last name. No, her mother, uh, mother was uh, Sweet Polly Purebred. Sweet Polly Purebred, she was also Casper. And Casper she the Friendly was, Ghost, she was... Um, uh, somebody on Underdog. Sweet Polly, Sweet Polly Purebred, Cindy. <clears throat> That's on Underdog, okay. And yeah, because also, Allison used to say when she'd sit down for Saturday morning cartoons, like every other voice was her mother. Yeah. No, B. Benadera did it in the 40s, 30s and 40s, when they needed someone to play like Tweety's mother. Originally, okay. was B. Benadera. Got it. Uh, but then eventually, B went on to television, didn't want to do the MGM thing anymore, the Warner Brothers thing. And June Foray came in and Thank began to do the voices. But the original was B. Benadera. Yeah. Interesting. Is well, that last question else? I have. Sure, please. <clears throat> is there any memorabilia left from the original TV show that's still out there that people collect? I mean, has, has it all been put away? Or Well, the original set pieces are still somewhere at Sony Studios. Um, I don't mean the walls and things. Well, here, okay, here is an inside story, and it's personal to my family. And I'm, I am revealing something. Once again, folks, I'm going to clean up a situation because we are a family show. My mother's first cousin, and I'll, I'll name names, I don't care, was named Beverly Harrell. Bev was the owner of a club on the Sunset Strip in the 60s that was a front for prostitution. There's no other way to say it. 
Bev had a house in the Hollywood Hills that you approached. It was easier to approach from Studio City than it was from Hollywood. It was halfway up and it overlooked Liberace's house. From her backyard, you could see Liberace's piano-shaped pool. And if you would walk into Beverly's house, you'd go, holy moly, this is the bewitched house. I told this to Bill and he laughed because Beverly had her own clients. Beverly's husband, Howard, had his own clients. And Bill wouldn't tell me which one, but somebody on the bewitched staff was a client, had been in that house, thought it was great. So the design of the bewitched house was based on my cousin Beverly's house of prostitution house in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> so furnishings and things from that house are still at Sony. The set itself was destroyed a long time ago. And the outside of the house, which is where Hazel's outside was and Dennis the Menace's outside was, and Madonna Reed show and the Partridge family, uh, all of that stuff was until very recently on what was called the Columbia Ranch. Columbia Studios, now owned by Sony, had an outdoors ranch where all of their sitcoms, the outsides were done there. Uh, even though it's in Burbank and not near the Columbia Studios, it is across the street from Warner Brothers. Warner's has now bought it. And if they haven't already done it, they are very soon going to throw all those housing fronts down the same way they've bought the NBC building in Burbank and are converting that for their own use now. That's a shame. Uh, but uh, I, I know Aaron Murphy has a few things. Aaron is a friend who played Tabitha. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting background there. She and her sister are twins. They look nothing alike as adults. Aaron is a raving beauty. Uh, last I heard, she's, she's dating my pal Moosey Dreyer, so another child star. Oh. And uh, Aaron's sister, Diane, is a lesbian, out and about and proud. Uh, does not look all that much like Aaron. Aaron's a lovely, lovely woman. Um, the boys who played Adam are out there, the Lawrence brothers. I don't know exactly where they are today. But uh, other than Bill Asher had every script bound in leather. So there is Bill's last wife has all those scripts. Uh, there are 16 millimeter films of Bewitched that have the original commercials and the original openings and closings. I have copies of some of those from Bill. Hmm. I don't know. Herbie Pilato probably has a fairly large... Herbie Pilato wrote two books about the series. And while he and I disagree on some of the events, uh, I'm, I'm certain Liz gave him... See, he was, a friendly with, he was friendly with Liz after the divorce. I was friendly with Bill. So we come at this from two different directions. Uh, Herbie's version is supposedly what Liz said. My version is what Bill said. So caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. But this is what I bring is years of friendship with Bill. And I wrote this stuff down. I went home and wrote this stuff down to make sure that I was going to be accurate if I ever had to talk about it again. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I mean, yeah. what an iconic show. I mean, did they ever release an album of Bewitched, of dialogue or just music? To the best of my knowledge, this theme song from Bewitched 
displeased Liz. Liz really wanted them to use the Rogers and Hart song, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. But A, it would have been way too expensive to have to pay rights. Richard Rogers was still alive at that point. And to have to pay him and Larry Hart's estate every week, every week, every week. It was less expensive to buy their own. Also to have one that doesn't have necessarily lyrics. So keep that in mind for half a second. They wanted something they would own themselves. You pay for it once, mm-hmm. you own it. And uh, while the writers do get something every week for having written it, it's not like a major composer will charge you. There are lyrics to the Bewitched theme song. Yeah. And Think both Jack Pe- Jones recorded or both, something? Both Peggy Lee and Steve Lawrence recorded it. Steve Lawrence. Uh, they're not great lyrics. They're cute. It is what it is, a cute, whimsical song. Uh, if someone like Sinatra or Ella Fitzgerald had gotten a really good arranger, they maybe could have done something special with the song. But no, it did not become a hit for anybody. So nobody else covered it. And very few people even know there are lyrics to the song. Okay. Interesting huh. show, Jeffrey. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I hope you guys who are listening enjoyed it too. You know, it's, it's, it's such fun for the three of us every week to sit down and just geek out about all these people I've known and worked with and loved. And we love bringing it to you. So I'm really glad you guys enjoyed Bewitched. Next time, a little something different. Many of you may never have heard of this before, but there is. Get close to your ears. Get close to the mic. A secret group, a secret group in Hollywood, a secret group of comedians, comedy writers, and directors called Yarmy's Army. If I tell you just three or four members, Jonathan Winters, Don Knotts, Peter Marshall, Howard Morris, Pat Harrington, Gary Owens, We're going to be talking about my comedy friends and the group I've been a proud member of for way over 20 years. Next time I'm hitting the mark, we're going to hit Yarmy's Army. And boy, do I have stories to tell. Until that time, on behalf of my friends, Ray Carr and Cindy Verbalin, God bless and have a happy.